The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. There seems to be a a new COVID-19 crisis, and that is the rise of domestic abuse, which is happening, by the way, worldwide and right here in our own backyard as well. That's uh, coming up after 10.15, but first... Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with passion at 514-800. Please share your concerns, uh, your your worries, your questions, whether they have to do with what you're feeling right now, what you're going through right now, or if they have to do with sexuality or your relationship. I know there's a lot of relationships that are uh, suffering right about now as well. So uh, reach out, please, at 514-800 to text in. Now, on Friday, we we got a text from a regular listener to Passion who's who's in need of help. And I said I would reach out to her, and I did. And I want to reach out to our Passion community, which is so loving and so giving and so kind. Uh, And you've shown this throughout your... uh, throughout being here with me and your texts and your phone calls and such. So if there is anybody who lives near the Frontenac Metro, please reach out to me. Um, We have a a listener who's pretty much stuck in her house and has no food um, for various reasons, can't get, uh, can't seem to, to get, uh, get through to a grocery store and is, uh, her her debit card is lost and she's waiting for one in the mail and so anyway we're we're trying to rally together to uh, to help her out so if there's anybody who's living near the Frontenac uh, Metro get in touch with me uh, best to do it by email if you can Lori at drlaurie.com l-a-u-r-i-e at d-r l-a-u-r-i-e I want to get her some supplies tomorrow so uh, let's see what we can do uh, to help out and uh, just as a here a a public service announcement somebody sent in a text there are over 1500 customers out on grid in Point Claire South and it should be restored at 12:30 a.m. so as you know uh, I built myself a a home studio here during this whole thing so uh, I happen to be out in the West Island so if if something happens and the power goes out I will switch to using uh, my phone so you know you may get a little blip here and there or whatever but not to worry, we'll, uh, we'll be on here. Uh, text writes in, my question for Dr. Lori is, I bought a fairly expensive prostate massager. I have had zero success, can't seem to find the zone. <laughs> Am I just misinformed or is this just not evident? Didn't come with a user manual. So I'm quite sure that you uh, will be able to um, find a user manual online and look. But, you know, like with any sex toy or any new thing, you have to be pretty relaxed to be able to get whatever spot, right? So uh, first, the, f- the first step is, is being relaxed. The second is, is this, um, are you using it with lubricant? Is um, What is the, the setting in which you're doing this? Are you already aroused? Like you have to get yourself aroused at the same time. Um, 
but it's a, I don't know what this particular one looks like, um, but there's uh, definitely, you can get tutorials on how to use a prostate massager visually. So you'll be able to, uh, to see how it looks, but sometimes it could be a little bit awkward to, to insert. It depends what kind it, 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 that it is. Just make sure whatever's inserted into uh, the anus, it has a base to it. So if you bought one that specifically says prostate massager, then definitely that's it. If it's one, if it's a vibrator, if it's um, a vibrator for the external part, then you have to apply pressure and vibration to the section between uh, your rectum, your anus, and, uh, and your testicles, which is uh, the perineum basically in that area. Uh, let's see some more venting about this situation. Oh, this is pretty bad. I'm fed the F up. Some stores have stopped taking cash. Life in the economy is grinded to a halt. This is like wartime. Um, people meeting up for sex. That's terrible. Not going to stop. Not every couple shares a roof. Very true. Not every couple shares a roof. And there are a lot of frustrated people out there as well, uh, for sure, because they can't uh, see their partner. And some of them are defying and going and doing. Although I know I'm hearing more and more about people getting fined and things like that. So the guideline is uh, you can only be with people who live with you <laughs> and you shouldn't be seeing anybody who doesn't. And part of that is because you don't know what they're doing and who they're exposed to. So that's, uh, that's all part of it. Dr. Laurie, at the start of the show, you spoke of love. I am a tireless romantic. Does this make me a dinosaur? I hope not. I think uh, there are plenty of people who still believe in, uh, in love and loving. Remember, to love is, uh, is a verb. It's actions. So to be loving as a loving human being is a good thing. That isn't a dinosaur thing. That is good. We should all practice the... Uh, the act of loving, loving others, loving our partner, loving mankind, loving our neighbors, all of that. I know that sounds cheesy, but um, in this time, it really does make you think about that. Makes makes you think about yourself in relation to the rest of the world and to other people uh, around you and people's suffering as well, because we're seeing a lot of that. Uh, let's see. What is it about older women being more attractive? I've asked around and many men find them more attractive. I personally always find an older woman very attractive. The classic MILF, it seems that they have an energy that makes them more attractive. So I don't know when, when you mean the older woman, but let's call her middle-aged, although middle-aged I was looking at research that showed that middle age is now considered 65, not 45 anymore. Uh, we are living um, longer and in better health. So uh, generally when we talk about older women, what do we associate with the older woman? First of all, she takes good care of herself, so she doesn't necessarily look middle-aged, uh, but uh, you know, usually uh, women who take care of themselves, they go to the gym, they take care of their, uh, their body, um, but also they tend to be more experienced when it comes to sexuality, more self-assured, um, 
more confident in the bedroom. And I think that's the main, the main image that we get when we think of, uh, of older women. It's also very, very popular, um, MILF that is, is a very popular search word on, uh, on porn sites. So uh, you're right. A lot of people look towards older women as this, this idea that, you know, the experienced, good looking, um, person. In my experience, men are only loving to women if sex is involved. Really? I don't know about that. (laughs) I don't know about that. Uh, I don't think it's just, you're going to, so what you, it's an exchange, you fake it, you pretend you're going to be loving so you can get sex. Like that doesn't make any sense. Uh, either. And when you consider that one in four couples don't have sex or have sex less than 10 times a year, these are not necessarily couples that are in trouble. They are also couples that can be very loving towards each other. So I, I don't, I don't really buy that, but anyway, maybe that's just my experience with that. Uh, older women are more attractive because they're finally as horny as we were when we were 18. That too. There's that element, uh, that element too. And Beth writes, cheesy is good right now. Thanks for the mushiness. <laughs> Let's keep things a little mushy. Uh, except coming up, not so mushy, is this whole COVID-19 crisis of domestic abuse, which is rising everywhere in the world. And I have a couple of reports to share with you to show you the extent of this. And after 1030, we'll have a psychotherapist, Rebecca Putterman, who will join us to talk about what we can do about it right here uh, in uh, in Montreal. So we'll talk about that uh, coming up. The new COVID-19 crisis, domestic abuse on the rise that's next a safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship it's passion with cgad 800's dr Lori batito so as you can imagine being stuck in isolation uh, can be problematic for various reasons but one thing that i think was neglected when when everybody was forced into uh, social distancing and isolation and staying home and working from home and schools closed and all of this stuff was what happens to those people not just women but men too who are in abusive uh, relationships how is this obviously it's making it far uh far worse and more severe and potentially so much more dangerous. And this is the other public health crisis uh, that uh, as a result of the coronavirus that we need to look at. There was a great uh, New York Times article on it. And it shared, and I'm going to share it with you, but it shared data from across uh, around the world and, you know, starting from like uh, Spain and Italy and all of that to see where, how it evolved um, and, and the data that, that, that's been uh, suggested, but, or that's been collected, I should say. So what they say is that mounting data suggests that domestic abuse is acting like an opportunistic infection, flourishing in the conditions created by the pandemic. We already know that domestic violence goes up when families spend more time together. So they already have data on like summer vacations, for example, or Christmas vacations or times like in times of intense, intense periods of time where you spend time uh, together. 
But now families are uh, in lockdown worldwide. And according to the experts, the hotlines are uh, lighting up. So this is obviously creating a situation where governments have to address uh, this crisis maybe uh, you know a little late for some I suppose um, but it needs to be uh, discussed so the United Nations just recently called for urgent action to combat the worldwide surge in domestic violence the Secretary General of the United Nations uh, tweeted I urge all governments to put women's safety first as they respond to the pandemic now they don't talk about uh, men in abusive situations although we know that that exists as well but in terms of physical safety it's often the women that are in at greater um, at greater risk uh, and it goes on to say but governments largely failed to prepare for the way the new public health measures would create opportunities for abusers to terrorize their victims now many are scrambling to offer services to those at risk Uh, unfortunately some irreparable harm may have already uh, occurred because of the the delays in uh, in doing this so they're calling this it's interesting because well they're calling it intimate uh, terrorism rather than domestic violence and experts are saying that this is the quarantining is causing the intimate terrorism to uh, flourish so it started with data collected in China where it all started right um, what they have seen is a, a surge in calls to their helplines since uh, February in Spain the emergency number for domestic violence received 18% more calls in the first two weeks of lockdown than in the same period just a month earlier they're saying we've been getting some very distressing calls showing us clearly just how intense psychological as well as physical mistreatment can get when people are kept 24 hours a day together within a reduced uh, space the in france the the police reported a nationwide spike of about 30 percent in domestic uh, violence and all again all attributing it to the uh, confinement so um, what the New York Times did is that they they collaborated with women's associations in uh, in Spain and they were able to contact women at home and they conducted interviews over WhatsApp which is already a challenge right so if you have a, 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 a partner who is overlooking you or you can't uh, you can barely move without them seeing what they're what they're up to what you're up to it's very very difficult as you can imagine to also uh, reach out um, and just as a sideline for that matter um, I posted on my own Facebook page at the on the Dr. Lori Facebook page, but other people and I shared it from another person. But I've been seeing this a lot, and it is a call to uh, friends, like Facebook friends. If you are in need, there's like codes. In other words, the one I posted was a friend of mine who posted saying, um, "If you need me, like if you're in trouble, just send me a, a message that says." Uh, Oh, uh, I need uh, I I need more of my makeup, uh, and if you're in, in real danger, like 
serious danger, uh, say the word eyeliner, I need more eyeliner, and uh, here's the address where you can send it to, and so you get the person's address. Anyway, that's, uh, you develop like a code uh, system so that the partner doesn't see that you are actually uh, reaching, uh, reaching out. As this texter said, sad part is that these violent people were already violent and it's too bad that people can't get help. Well, that's, that's the biggest problem, right? They were already in abusive situations. This is just making the situation worse. Worse also because the stress level is higher, not just the, the fact that you're stuck with uh, an abusive partner, but that abusive partner could get worse because of a loss of income, loss of job, insecurities there, or themselves going stir crazy or whatever it is, could actually make the, the, the situation uh, far, uh, far worse. So this one woman who they interviewed says uh, she shares an apartment with her partner and says he has been regularly abusing her. He insists on total surveillance at all times. If she tries to lock herself in her room, he kicks the door until she opens it. She says, I can't even have privacy in the bathroom and now I have to endure this in a uh, lockdown. And she sends the messages late at night when her partner is sleeping to be able to hide that conversation from um, her uh, her partner. Uh, in addition to the physical violence, uh, also other tools of abuse include isolation from friends, family, and employment, which is unfortunately that this is the situation that's being caused from the outside, not even from the inside. So now you compound it, right? Uh, but the constant surveillance, the, the, the strict uh, detailed rules for behavior, restrictions on access to basic necessities, those are also, that's also part of uh, abusive um, uh, uh, behaviors, obviously. So what's happening is this home isolation, these, uh, these guidelines, they're more than guidelines, but these, uh, what we're all pretty much forced to endure is, uh, this home isolation is giving even more power now to the abuser. It, uh, he gets to call the shots even more to say what uh, she, uh, should do or not do to control who, uh, the, the person contacts or doesn't contact and things like that. So unfortunately the isolation has shattered those support networks when before it might've been a little easier when say you had, um, you know, kids that you were taking to daycare or kids that you were taking to and from school, you had contacts with other people, you had contacts with the teachers. There were, there were ways that you could go get help help when your partner was out at work, for example, and you needed to, uh, make a phone call or seek help, whatever it is, those were far easier to get to than what's happening, uh, right now. A couple of texts here. I wish that by now people that are abused would reach out and get out AS ASAP. Well, yes, I, I agree. But if you're in that situation where it's years of, usually it's years of, right, where you get to a point when you're feeling quite helpless, 
and not knowing where to turn, it's quite difficult. So you're right, getting out ASAP is important. The government has put in place money to help um, to help with uh, um, uh, shelters where even though it may not be safe to go to a shelter simply because of, con- of, of uh, you know, a uh, not contamination, but getting getting the, the 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 virus or what have you. The government has put in place in certain areas, I believe, and in certain countries too, where they uh, have given money to to like get some hotel rooms that the the um, that they can use, the shelters can use to put up people. So yes, getting out is still possible even in uh, in these times. Uh, Texture writes, I recently visited my local grocery store and a cashier seems to have been a victim of violence with marks on her face. She seemed to be shaken. I wanted so much to reach out. What would you have done? If she had been in some type of accident, I would look like a total fool. Uh, well, you know what, in a case like this, I might give her a note. I might give her uh, my business card or something and say, Hey, if you need to talk, uh, you know, I'm just reaching out to, I'm being neighborly, and if you need anything, please, uh, please reach out. I can help. So th- without going into what you can help about or, or whatever it is, but just so people know that there there are people watching, listening, uh, there for them, that they are not alone. And I think that's, uh, that's the most important thing is that people don't feel alone. As one texter writes, that's it. I don't understand how a person puts up with that crap, especially for years. You may not understand it, but if you talk to people who have been in that situation, it's a very uh, insidious process. It's not... um, it's not like you go into a relationship and and you you get smacked out and that's it. It's like a, a there's it's very very um, little by little the abuser can strip you of uh, your self esteem, your confidence, everything, so that they make you far more dependent on them and afraid. Also, uh, it, look, I have seen abused. People who are uh, doctors, lawyers, who are like all kinds of professionals Mm -hmm. down to like it it doesn't like it crosses all absolutely all uh, social um, uh, like strata. Like it it happens everywhere and in every uh, uh, religion and in every culture and in every social standing. So it's yes it's not easy to understand it as somebody on the outside um, but hopefully after tonight you'll understand it a bit more but anyway tonight we are here to try to help those that need it so coming up after uh, after the news we're going to speak to a psychotherapist Rebecca Putterman who can give us a little bit of insight as to what's happening with uh, the shelters right now and what uh, women can do to get help. That's coming up next after we check in with our CJD 800 newsroom. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hangups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. 
One of the issues that really concerns me now is the welfare of people who find themselves in abusive relationships because their usual safety nets are no longer in place, like the schools where they uh, the potential for somebody reporting is there or that you can talk to a counselor, for example, or somebody who can see the red flags. Doctor's offices, women's shelters have closed as a result of the virus. So uh, th- this whole situation of quarantine and isolation is seems to be giving more power to an abusive partner. And as one person pointed out, my friend's wife used to beat him silly, just wanted to point out this is not unique to men. And I said that at the beginning, it is not, uh, no, it, uh, men get abused almost as much as women do, just differently. It, it's just that women, women's physical safety are, uh, are, are more at risk than, uh, than men are, but that doesn't mean that men don't get abused. So anybody who finds themselves in these abusive situations, um, it is, uh, is very troubling. So to help us uh, figure out what, what we can do during these particular times right now, I have on the line, Rebecca Putterman. She's a psychotherapist. She is one of our regulars here, uh, part of the therapist panel, and she has worked with uh, shelters and abused women for a long time and, uh, hopefully has some, uh, some answers for us. Hey, Rebecca. Hi, good evening. So sad, can't see you in person. Yes, I know. I know. We're all at a distance. I know. Physically I just miss distance, miss hugging, uh, miss hugging our friends, and and it's uh, it's not an easy time. But nonetheless, this is a, a particularly. Um, a particular crisis, really. It's it's a like a a side crisis to this whole COVID nineteen crisis, right? Yes, it is. Uh, I have uh, both people who I colleagues, old colleagues that I worked with, who are still working in women's shelters, as well as colleagues that I have who are working for bachelor services where children are also yes. being abused. And yes. it's definitely st- different circumstances that um, we're looking at for both women and children in abusive relationships, yet there's still ways to get help and be safe. And I think that it's, and you know, you had mentioned schools. Schools are one of the places that children can be identified as risk for being abused. And a refuge for them too, right? It's like school becomes a refuge for kids who are, uh, who are abused. And and now, you know, tonight I was focusing on the partners, but when I think about it, what about all those those children who are also suffering the abuse or watching the abuse of their parents exactly. as well, right? Exactly. So in terms of what's happening right now in Quebec and, you know, because of, let's say, people needing to make sure no one's walking in to a woman's shelter with possible COVID mm-hmm. uh, as a virus, what the government has decided to do is make sure there are safe places still where if a woman wanted to leave her home, her abusive situation, with a ch- with one child, two children, five children, there's a place where they would be isolated from anyone else okay. and still have consultation with uh, counselors. Okay. And then after a 14-day stay in a... In a place, I think it's a hotel, like they've set up uh, places across Montreal Mm -hmm. that women and children could stay in a hotel. And then after the 14 days, they're getting placed back in a woman's shelter 
where there is more counselors, more therapy, more intervention to help them get through the situation, actually. And according to the United Nations Secretary General, they have uh, made sure, uh, they made a call out for urgent action to all world leaders telling them and to ensure that shelters are deemed essential services and have urged all governments to invest in online services, outreach groups, emergency warning systems too in pharmacies and grocery stores. So I don't know how, how, because that's my biggest worry is, okay, I can get out, but how do I get out when my partner's right there? Yes. So, you know, the, What's happening right now, especially, I mean, we're all in quarantine, but at some point people can go out for a walk or people can, you know, it's very, very rare that people have not left their home at all completely, right? So one of the messages that uh, one of my colleagues shared with me is that definitely what becomes important is if you do get out for even a five-minute walk, a 10-minute walk, there are numbers to call, which we can give out after, mm-hmm. but it's really important to erase all phone calls that were made on your phone. Okay. If you are calling SOS, or if you're calling a woman's shelter or even a friend, it's, some, it's very important that you erase any calls you've made out and any texts you may have made to a friend saying, listen, I, I need your help, or could you call me at, you know, at around 4 o'clock? Quite often, my partner becomes violent. Could you call me around 4 o'clock every day? But erase texts or any phone calls that have been made to okay. ask for help. So that's one of the things that someone can do. As well, despite neighbors, obviously, you know, everyone's keeping a distance, even neighbors, Uh, It is helpful if you're close to a neighbor to just let them know that during this time, especially in close quarters, and, you know, I think alcohol is a bit on the rise. Many people Mm -hmm. are beginning to drink at night, which can create a lot of violence and bad tempers. So telling neighbors, you know, if you hear fights, if you hear screaming, please go ahead and call the police. Right. So it's not the easiest way to get things done because often neighbors or people don't want to get involved. Right. But it's definitely encouraged to ask a neighbor for help during these times if you're in an apartment building or soon the windows will be opened if people hear screaming or fighting to encourage people to call the police in that situation. Okay, I think that's uh, super, super important because... A person in that situation can cannot feel like they are completely alone. Like we exactly. Need, yeah. So I wonder if neighbors could, I don't know, put some kind of sign on their door. I, I don't know something to say. I'm here. I'm watching. Or, or um, I'm not sure what what communities are are doing. But I I just fear that these are the forgotten victims of this pandemic. Well, they quite often are because you really don't, you know, like you said early, like as you began the segment, you know, schools are a place where we can go where if someone goes off to work and, you know, if someone, if a spouse who can be emotionally violent but now is home, not working, not feeling productive, bored out of their mind, uh, the truth is we can see an escalation of violence Mm -hmm. and verbal assaults, verbal abuse. So, You know, we're hoping, I don't know when this will be over, but if that person can say, you know, very calmly, you know, why don't we go for a walk or why don't you go for a walk? Because we can sort of know, you know, I always, 
when I worked with women, we would say walking on eggshells because it's unpredictable when mm-hmm. someone might become violent. And yet you also know when there's going to be a violent outlash. Right. right. So, so how do we de-escalate that? How can, yes. right? It's about until this is over and until you can actually go get help, how can you de-escalate uh, a situation? Yes. So it's terrible for me to say this. You know, obviously, ideally, the best thing is to leave. Right. But knowing quite well this might be a difficult thing to do, to do right, right now, mm-hmm. um, I would say to people is try your best to avoid the violent person. If you know at night um, they're often more violent because perhaps alcohol use or boredom, then you really like it like tiptoeing around them, which is a terrible thing to have to tell I someone. Know. I know. Because it's such a, it's such a, it's so contrary to what I believe, obviously. Right, right. Yeah, because it's so, it's so not empowering, right? It's like saying, right, like let him win, in other words. Let, let the abuser win just so that you can stay physically safe. Exactly. Physically, you know, emotional abuse, you know, it's so verbal and emotional and psychological abuse is so prevalent and comes before the violence, the physical violence. So if someone's also already being physically uh, violated, there's a good chance there's a psychological and emotional and verbal component of to course. it as well. Right. And that has also made a victim to feel insecure, unable to leave even if she or he wanted to because it slowly chips away at someone's self-esteem. But the the intention of saying, you know, this is temporary and one day you'll know, okay, I can leave. This might not be the time now because it, it's very hard right now during COVID to get out. We're scared yeah. to get a virus if we leave the house. Absolutely. So this, right. Exactly. So there's, there, it's like two, you're scared of, you know, we're scared of all of it, right? But if it's you're, a double-edged sword. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But if you're, again, if your life is in danger, you feel your life is in danger, there is help out there. Uh, Rebecca Putterman is my guest. She's a psychotherapist. She is quite in the know about uh, abusive relationships. We'll give, give out some numbers coming up and where you can reach out, trying to give you some tips if you are living in this situation or if you know someone who's living in such a situation, then uh, we urge you to uh, call out, like call 911, call, call authorities, whatever you need to do, but don't ignore it. That's the most important thing. So coming up, more about this secondary crisis uh, due to uh, COVID-19, domestic abuse on the rise. More with Rebecca Putterman coming up. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. Tonight we're talking about, uh, of course, another COVID-19 crisis, and that is of domestic abuse, which is on the rise worldwide, staggeringly so, uh, so quite, quite scary. And we want to make sure that we provide you with uh, some information and uh, some resources as well. If you find yourself in a situation like this, if you've suspect a neighbor or somebody who um, is maybe going through this, how we can help. And that's, uh, I guess that's the hardest part is what, what can we do as a community 
to help these vulnerable uh, individuals. Joining me is Rebecca Rebecca Putterman. She's a psychotherapist, a regular here on our therapist panel as well. So just want to share a couple of texts. Um, I saw a guy grab his wife by the hair and bang her head in the lobby of an apartment building I was walking by. I approached the building, but they disappeared inside, so I called the police, and they got the guy. I also said they can call me as a witness. I have zero tolerance for someone abusing someone else. And I say, good on you, and these are the kinds of neighbors we need. We cannot be afraid of getting involved but then some someone else wrote neighbors who put a sign on their door to aid the victim would be attracting the wrath of the violent abusive partner even trying to assist a friend with a violent partner gets you threatened by the creep so what do we do do nothing (laughs) you know like what what is the option so but i think it's a it's look it is a it is a struggle in someone's mind, right? If you know that person is crazy and like you're afraid that they're going to turn it on you, but you can have the protection of the police as well, right? So I think... In- yeah, you have the protection of the police and the police use their discretion not to disclose who called just the right. same way. If you know children are being abused and you make a signal, uh, it's called a signalement to Batshaw Youth Protection, no one will ever know who's the person who reported the abuse. Right, right. So people are protecting any person who's willing to come forward. Right. And as I said earlier, there's also other ways to reach out that may not be so obvious. And I posted one way on my Facebook page. So if a person has Facebook and they're scrolling through, they may see a friend post something like, if you're in a, in a dangerous situation, just send me a message saying uh, you would like to order more makeup from me. And then uh, I'll ask you, oh, what's your address so I can send you the makeup? And then that like it's a whole coding system right yeah where yeah. uh so look for those i posted on my on my uh wall so that if anybody in my circle or all the friends that i have many of whom i, I don't actually know but they're in my community uh will see that then hopefully if I, well if i get a, a message then i'll know to send the police or i'll know to do something mm-hmm. uh, so i think that's really really important um, uh, we've been talking to with others about, um, like it's come up, you know, that it's not just unique to women. Like one guy said, or one person said, my friend's wife used to beat him silly. Just wanted to, uh, point this out. That's, uh, quite true. And another who says women abuse men in various ways other than direct abuse. Indirect abuse can be equally bad. Ignoring, cutting off sex, do things they know annoy you. I would rather be slapped and get it over with. But there's a difference in levels that we are also, uh, talking about. Yes. I I mean, if we look at statistics, the statistics will show that violence against women is much higher. I don't know them exactly, but it is much higher than violence against men. Um, And I think it's important to point out, you know, the whole notion of how and when women will be abused. It starts off with subtle control. And I think you're right. I mean, men can be abused by withholding sex and being controlled as well. But... And, and hit also. Like there's, I, I know, also. I know quite a few. And the statistics show that it's quite, quite even actually. It's just that it's the women who suffer the, the most severe in terms of physical. 
Uh, okay, I, I don't know the statistic. Yeah, so. that's uh, it's just that we don't. It's not reported often. Like men, yeah. men just don't report it, and I'm not even sure that there's uh, there's any. I don't know if there's a, even any shelters for men <laughs> in these no, situations. There isn't, right? There isn't a shelter for men. Uh, there's places uh, for men in difficulty, more related to homelessness or okay. psychiatric illnesses, right. but not. Um, not in terms but of not the... in terms of abuse by a spousal partner. Right. And sometimes within uh, there are places within the gay community for men to reach out if there's abuse in okay. their relationship actually, okay. but still not a shelter. Okay. You know, but I do want to go back in terms of if a woman does wanna leave and obviously, you know, while the person wants to there's a plan that's necessary to make in terms of and this is a difficult time as well because, again, we can't get out very easily. Mm-hmm. But still, it's important if you can collect important papers like birth certificates, uh, passports, passports if you mm-hmm. can, any important bank accounts if you can, bank cards. Uh, sometimes that's being withheld. But no, really, what's important is if you do, if a cell phone was bought and it's on your spouse's account, Mm -hmm. then it's really important that any phone calls you make are taken off or blocked because you don't want the spouse to know, the abusive partner to know exactly where uh, they might be Mm -hmm. and what phone calls they're making because they really have to plan for it properly. Right. And I think that's the thing is, is planning. Although I've heard others say, don't think about where you're going. Just go, just leave. You know, well, and, yes, mm-hmm. let's go. But take off your GPS because often people have tracking. Oh, on their phones. On yes. their phones. Okay. So you want to make sure that a person who wants to leave an abusive situation has taken off the GPS or any tracking. And if they have any access to, you know, their passwords and face, you mm-hmm. know, anything that they use online. Right. It's really important to, uh, you know, iClouds that exist, that shared iClouds, that people... Um, are aware of how they could be traced back to anywhere. So to pay attention to that. And I also wanted to mention that uh, right now, what I think, well, I know Quebec has done this, that if you fear that you're going to have to share uh, custody and share the children, right now, if you would want to leave an abusive situation and you take the kids with you because of the virus, mm-hmm. uh, custody is going to be staying with the mother if she leaves an abusive situation and goes to stay in a hotel or a woman's shelter. Mm-hmm. They don't have to worry right now about sharing the children okay. because of the um, circumstances right now. Of the circumstances, okay. just because of that, you know? Right. We, we should, uh, people should know, too, that uh, our prime minister announced that the government would contribute $40 million to Women and Gender Equality Canada, which uh, handles the, uh, the shelters. They're giving $30 million to more than 500 women's shelters. I mean, this is how big the problem is, that they need to inject quite a bit more um, money uh, into that. Uh, so just some, some numbers for people. Uh, Auberge Transition is a, is a, a shelter, 514-439-6930. Auberge Shalom is 514-485-4783. Uh, the Shield of Athena is 514-274-8117. 
And the SOS Violence Conjugale is also a great resource where you can speak directly to a counselor, and that's 514-873-9010 or 1-800-363-9010. Uh, so those are important numbers. If uh, if you didn't get to write them down, just go back to my website uh, and listen to the podcast, which will be up later on uh, this evening, and then you can have all that information. If you need to share that this show with some of your with friends that you think might might need to hear it or might be concerned with, then uh, then please do that. Uh, It says, my God, it sounds like you have to be paranoid about psychos spying on you. Well, when you're in an abusive situation, it can go pretty uh, extreme, right, Rebecca? I mean, you're talking about, yes, the spying, the controlling, the the utter surveillance that the, the other person puts on you. Yes, exactly. Well, that's, you know, again, abuse is all about control. Right. And the control starts with the telephones, and it starts with knowing exactly every place where they are. Every move uh, that person exactly, makes. Exactly, exactly. So it becomes important to be able to undo that more than anything so that you have an opportunity to leave without being followed. Right. Because it's really about having a hold on the victim. And so long as the victim feels they don't have choices, but there are choices, you can leave and there are safe places that will help you stay away and give you, like, feel a sense of safety. Right. And I think that's the uh, the main message we want to give out tonight is, is exactly that. that there, there are still are... options despite coronavirus and despite what's going on. Police are here to help us still, and the government has set up shelters, specific places where women can go to make sure they also don't get the virus. There's mm-hmm. definitely places that are there to help and support victims of violence right now. Right, and the police too have been sensitized to domestic violence over the years, right? Like that's something that they have, they actually have dedicated departments for that, right? Yes, they've definitely done that, and once upon a time. It was the woman who would have to press charges, but now it's the police who press the charges because they knew how scared victims of violence would be exactly. in front of their abuser, especially, to say, yes, I'd like to press charges. Exactly. So now police walk into a situation, and if they deem it you know, abusive, they will, they will press, press the, the charges. charges. Exactly. So the, the victim is not responsible for it. Rebecca? You know? I want to thank you so much. Uh, hopefully we'll talk to you on our therapist panel at the end of the month. Uh, yeah. and maybe this will come up once again. But thank you very much for your time. Have a good night. Thank you. You too. Uh, Rebecca does take uh, see people virtually, as we all do, at uh, 514-402-5526. Thank you guys for listening to Passion and for spending your time with me. Thank you, of course, to our wonderful producer, Dave Simon. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlaurie.com, where you will find all podcasts of past shows, including this one. So if you wanted all those numbers that we gave out towards the end of the show, then uh, I would suggest you uh, you pick that up and listen to it. Uh, coming up next year on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening, and remember to live your life with passion. <laughs>